millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. And Kadonz will get us underway here at the Valley this evening. It's a great threaded ball through from McEachran forward towards Barry. And he steps across and the referee's given a penalty. As Barry was pushed into the back, Innes is on a yellow card. And I think this is going to be a red card as well. A second yellow for Ryan Innes. Charlton down to 10 men. We spoke about the threat of the counter-attack. I want to talk about the ball through first because that was exquisite. I would, I'm desperately waiting for a replay because do you know what? It's easy to go. I didn't. I didn't think it was too much in that, but I'm going to see a replay and probably change my mind. But the ball through was absolutely exquisite. See there, he's just shown him enough of the ball. It's not good control actually. He's controlled the ball on the inside channel, which leaves the defender open actually to make a challenge here. Look, that should be on the outside really. That's outside the box as well. I can't, I can't be having that, sorry. And he sent him off as well. Good Lord, referee. And I, you know what I'm like? I try and stay very unbiased. I'm, that is outside the box. So if you're going to give a free kick, but sorry, if you're going to give a, a foul, it's a free kick outside the box. I mean, his control, like I said, is initially in on the inside channel, which gives you, as a recovering defender, half a chance. Uh, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not sure about that one. He's got that horribly wrong. Will Grigg from Cadons will step up. Grigg with the penalty. Wallacott got something to it, but not enough. MK Dons have the lead. Kick comes in towards goal and it's in. Struck firmly beyond Wallacott. Johnson with the free kick has put the visitors 2 0 up. Yeah, I did say. Uh, they've got three or four players actually in their ranks that have got wonderful left foots. Johnson on this occasion, it's the power I think that caught Wallacott out. It wasn't drifted over the wall, it was hit quite firmly. Never got more than sort of seven, eight foot off the ground. And again, he gets across, gets a hand to it, but can only push it into the back of net. And MK have got their two goal leads. And statistically, they'll say they deserve this, to be fair. Smith on hand to retrieve the situation and sends it forward. And uh, there is the full-time whistle. Real disappointment here at the Valley for the Addicts. Good evening and welcome to Charlton Live. This is the Big Match Preview. My name is Louis Mendez. I hope you guys are well. So on this week's show then we will be looking back at that midweek loss against Milton Keynes and of course ahead to Saturday's uh, home game uh, with high-flying uh, Ipswich Town. Joining me uh, on the show to do that first up is uh, Welsh Wallen, Mr Tom Wallen. How you doing Tom? Yeah I'm alright thank you. How are you? Yeah not too bad. Have you got over Tuesday yet? Yeah just about. Yeah we uh Seemed to be riding high for a little while, didn't we? And then mm. one game and it's all turned around. We've we've put our foot in a puddle. Yeah, yeah we certainly have. We've got wet socks after uh, that defeat. Speaking of puddles, uh, also joining us uh, on this week's uh, bid match uh, preview, uh, of course, is Mr. Joe uh, Puddyfoot. How you doing, Joe? Uh, good. Oh, I was good. And then uh, uh, Tom came in with the puddle. So uh, appreciate that <laughs> one. Um, no, it's all, all good. It's slowly, yeah. slowly getting over Tuesday. Hopefully yeah, we can put it right on the Saturday. That game on, uh, on Tuesday, I'm imagining. Well, more of a river but uh yeah <laughs> cry cry me a river Clack, cracking song that one right so uh, as i said we're, we're, we've just heard the goals from from milton Keynes. we're going to hear the post-match reaction uh, as well from ben garner uh, spoke to the addicts boss uh, during the week we've got your tweets 
uh, and messages about that uh, defeat uh, as well. Uh, then we're going to start looking ahead to the weekend. Uh, the women's team are playing uh, Bristol City at the Oakwood. We're going to hear briefly from Ella Rutherford uh, looking ahead to that game. Uh, and of course, we've got the uh, clash with the Tractor Boys. So Matt from the Talking Town pod uh, will tell us all about Ipswich Town. Uh, and then Garner will look ahead to the game uh, as well with a bit of team news, uh, hopefully, too. So, um, Tom, we just heard, the, as I said, the goals from a, a very disappointing evening uh, against Milton Keynes. An evening not without controversy. Um, but I mean, just in terms of the result overall, it never really felt like a game we were we were looking like we were going to go on and win. Could have lost that four 0 couldn't we? Some of the chances they had. Um, I think I said it on on Tuesday night. It's it's disappointing because it feels like we've undone some of our hard work. And we said not to get too carried away with the victories that we'd had, but at the same time, we were making quite good progress. I thought. I, I think I described our, our game against Portsmouth as the most complete. We'd then gone away to Shrewsbury and got a result there. First away win. Uh, so it felt like we were just making little steps each time. And then you come into a game against bottom of the league and a team that you should beat. And of course, it's typical charm to go and lose that one. But it was a different challenge than we've had in recent weeks. You know, they parked everybody behind the ball. They defended very narrow. Two, two lines with not much space in between the back four and the midfield. And basically said come and play through us and the the long and short of it is we weren't able to do that in that first half despite all of our possession second half game obviously opened up a little bit as Garner said himself for, for 10 minutes or so but even then you know they could have scored as well and as you say then there are a couple of, of controversial moments or moments of incident and and the game was away from us so yeah, I'm trying not to get too down. I wasn't too up after the run of wins. I'm trying not to get too down after just one defeat. It's a knockback, but we go again and you would imagine Ipswich aren't going to come and sit and play like that. So in some ways, I almost fancy that we've got more of a chance against the team that come out and play. But fair play to MK. They came and did a job on us and, and went back to uh, to Milton Keynes with the three points. Mm. I'm not one for excuses, Joe, and I'm so I'm certainly never one to to blame a refereeing decision. I think the overall performance wasn't good enough to go on and get three points. But I do wonder if we may have been able to hang on for for at least a point if uh, a penalty wasn't awarded for a challenge that was on the halfway line. Well, yes, especially considering we were just entering an EK time, so that was we were just about to play the Joker, and then the referee decided to be the Joker instead. Uh, it was it was so far outside the box. Um, it's unreal and when you I think it's been on Twitter so many times now just how far away the two of them were from the decision the the lino and the referee there's no way they could have known at all they were just guessing and I think that he was being a bit generous having blocked off their boy in the first half um, and setting Fraser away but the standard of officiating in League One is just shocking um, most weeks and I thought he was actually having an all right game he was stopping time wasting he was keeping people up with play and then just decided to have an absolute howler um, and just disappointed that Terry wasn't on comms for that because that would have been very entertaining <laughs> listening yeah I mean if you if you scroll back to the match highlights we heard just before we started there and you can hear Greg commentating on the moment you can hear Terry squealing in anguish in the background, it was very, very funny when we discovered that. Um, Ryan Innes, so he, he gets shown a second yellow card. It's a red card. Uh, there's been some debate, and Ben Garner certainly doesn't think it was even a foul, Tom. What was what was your view on that challenge? So he's he's gone, he's trying to catch up with, uh, I think it was Will Grigg who was going through. Um, and there's a bit of shoulder to shoulder, and then he's sort of, there's a bit of a wobble. And then it, for me, it felt like an arm into the back that, that finished the job. I don't know, I don't know which way you saw it. I think there's the problem is he gives the referee a decision to make. Yes, the referee was in like West London somewhere at the time, but he gives him a decision to make. He he definitely leans into him, and it's Ryan Innes, and we know he has a reputation which, sadly, is probably going to feed into the referee's mind as well. Um, obviously, sit right down at the other end of the pitch. The moment I saw it, I thought, well, that's definitely a yellow card, and he'd already been booked. So. I wasn't shocked to see him sent off. I know uh, our WhatsApp chat got a little bit heated, didn't it, later that night with Naif kind of accusing him of, of being stupid and making that decision. Um, very tough. I think it's one of those, and I think I described it to someone at work, that if we had VAR at that level, I think whatever the referee gives, the VAR probably backs that up. I don't think he's it, there's enough either way to overturn it, if that makes sense. Um 
yeah, it's probably not the worst one he's done for us, but it is the fourth one he's done in, I don't know how many games he's played for us, but certainly not a lot. So yeah, it's frustrating because we've spoken for weeks now about the consistency of that back four. I know it was slightly disrupted with Claire coming in, but that was more just down to kind of resting Sessegnon, although I think that had a big impact on us going forward. And now we're going to be without without Innes as well, who for the last few weeks has performed very, very well and kind of kept his cool. So yeah, it was a very difficult one. I can see why it was given. Um, equally, if he hadn't chose to give it, I would have understood that as well. It was right on the edge, but ultimately it was. And, and as you say, the game really started to get away from us from that point on. Mm. Uh, I mean, Tom mentioned it there. So that's Ryan Innes' fourth red card in, in, in his time with us. Um, and that's 41 league appearances. So, I mean, if you look at that as, as a season, obviously Ryan has been unfortunate with his injuries and missed uh, long, long spells. So it's actually spread out over a couple of years. But, you know, four red cards in, in, in the in the space of a season's worth of league games. Uh, it, it was hard to get into it with Garner after because, I mean, the first thing he said when I asked him the question about Ryan's disciplinary record is that he didn't think either of his card, red cards this season were red cards, whereas I I think they both should have been. I think they were both second yellows, weren't they? The the late-headed challenge against Forest Green and, and obviously on Saturday. So it's hard to get into that conversation with the manager when he doesn't think it's it's the right decision. But, I mean, Joe, do you, the, the concern I've always had about Ryan is his, his temperament and, and his uh, decision-making at times, whether it's to fly into a challenge or if it is to make a sloppy challenge like we saw on Tuesday. Um, I, I think he's, other than that, I'd, I'd say he's our best defender, ironically. But... Is he a liability at times because of that? Do we have to take the rough with the smooth a little bit? Well, you have to take the rough to get any smooth because the rough's always going to be there uh, for a start. Uh, he did also give the ball away on on the edge of our area twice um, on Tuesday. So it wasn't exactly a, a stellar yeah. performance all round. Yeah, I guess the, the problem is we're all capable of doing that as well, aren't they? Yeah, they are all capable of doing that, which is um, a debate for a debate that that will rage for as long as Garner's here. The whole time that we've got League One defenders, um, I mean, he he gives he gives a lot, I would say, uh, to the side overall. But you just have to accept that he is going to be injured for a quarter of the season, suspended for a quarter of a season, and around for half of it. Uh, and you have to hope that he's around for the half that you need him rather than getting suspended when everyone else is out. He's, he's definitely, I'd say in the top, our top two center backs. Um, he's him and O'Connell probably are the starting two. Uh, and that, that in itself, I think is just a little bit of a problem. There's not enough strength in depth in that position or many of the others across the park. Um, and so he, he is going to be someone that we rely on. He is a danger at attacking set pieces and we haven't utilised that enough this season. So I think of his skill set, we're probably not getting enough out of him at the minute. Uh, but And there is more to unlock. But he's he's never ever going to shake that, is he? He's always had that trait in him and I don't see that changing. So either you accept it and you have him for that um, or with that or you don't and you sell him. They're your only two options, really. Mm, yeah, a second goal came from a uh, free kick from Bradley Johnson and it was a well-struck one. Uh, same, same as a penalty actually Jojo got a hand onto it but um, it's not one of those ones where you're looking at him getting a hand onto it and thinking you probably should have saved it it was a really well hit free kick I mean that was that was, that was the way I saw it anyway but I mean overall the performance wasn't great I mean you mentioned um, Cess coming out for, for, to be rested um, and that did cost us a lot you know Sean Clare uh, playing at, le- at left back didn't didn't work he's played there briefly before I think he obviously he's featured in in the right center back role and right back role for us and, and been better um but yeah he his uh, his flaws were certainly highlighted during that performance I think Tom it's fair to say yeah and we talked about him I can't remember if it was Sunday's show or last Thursday and said he's he's kind of unlucky that he's dropped out because he's deputized at right back for a large part of this season and and done okay considering it's not his favored um, and then just isn't ahead of the two or three current midfielders, which, you know, I think is right. But because of that, he, he's not getting much game time. So I was pleased to see him get an opportunity. But as you say, his, I don't know, reluctance to stay on his left foot or his fear or maybe his left foot's just really not good enough meant that he just cut back every single time he got the ball and it got more and more and more frustrating. And that that sort of overlap that they'd started to build with when Sessegnon plays there on that left-hand side, particularly with Corey in front of him as well. Although I think Tyrese actually did quite well in that first half anyway, but 
you know that that partnership of of CBT and Cess down that left hand side was completely gone in that game and as you say it showed uh, in a game where you really need to be moving the ball quickly in the final third uh, and having runners and having people moving you need a left back that's prepared to overlap and you need the left back and the left winger to be on the same page to be able to pick defenses apart when they're defending narrow and they're defending tight and obviously we didn't have that sadly on on Tuesday so yeah, look, I don't think it's it's too much of a slight on Claire. He was being played out of position. I completely agree with you. It didn't work. But it'd be very harsh on him if this counted against him. I'm not saying that therefore he goes straight into centre mid next time at all. But he should still certainly be on the bench. And, and he still should be a player that we can call upon because he's versatile and because he is a very good footballer. It's just not that night and not in that position, sadly. Mm, yeah, um, I saw you defending Tyrese Campbell on, on Twitter, Joe. Um, he was hooked at half-time. Uh, I, I think he was better at Shrewsbury than he was in midweek, but I, I don't think you can put all of our problems on, on Tuesday down to him, certainly. No, and I think he suffered most out of having Claire behind him because uh, he didn't really get any any part, any sort of possession where he wasn't marked quite heavily and, and Claire wasn't going to be pushing on beyond him. He just doesn't have the confidence on his left foot. And I think really Garner probably should have spotted that earlier that that just wasn't working and found another way around it and personally I think Chin has excelled much better at left back than the cameos we've seen Claire um, and I was a little bit surprised that Claire got the nod I assume it was probably a height thing because they were quite a tall side and maybe some seniority as well and, and maybe feeling a bit unlucky that he's not been in the team but I think Campbell's got a lot of promise uh, for us I think he just needs he needs that overlapping player behind him to give him the space and time that he needs at his young age to to get himself in the game and, and have an impact on it he still had two of our seven shots so he still got involved I think he was a little bit unlucky to be hooked personally uh, but I do think that we we did need to try and change that left-hand situation but Kirk uh, he only had one real decent bit of possession in the second half on the left-hand side so I think it shows it wasn't Campbell's problem mm. that he wasn't getting into the game in the same way. Yeah, and I think Kirk will be disappointed because he, he, he threaded that ball across the face of goal, but you could see he had to sort of play at a certain angle to to get it beyond the defender and, and into that area at the, at the far post. But I don't think he got the angle quite right. He could have he could have been slightly further away from goal. He also probably could have expected, I think obviously Jaden would have been at the far post, maybe Raksaki was in, in, in the middle or whoever was in the middle to, to make more of a fist of actually getting to the ball. Now, I mean, the stat that, that caught my eye, uh, Jaden Stockley played 72 minutes of the game on Tuesday evening. He touched the ball 12 times, Tom. Uh, got that from whoscored.com. So obviously you'd expect that to be as accurate as, as possible, if not the correct entire amount of touches. But it, it, it certainly shows he, he, he didn't touch the ball a lot. Now, a, a, a big part of that will be the fact that we weren't providing the service to him, but he, he'll be disappointed that he couldn't get more involved in that game. And, and, and it really showed in that in that opening 72 minutes before he got he got replaced by an EK. Yeah, I think he'll take some of the responsibility for sure. Um, I, I think you're right. The the way that they'd set up, which we've already spoken about, and, and our inability to get balls into his feet plays a part. And I think some of that is completely out of his control. Having said that, what I've spoken about before, about needing to move the ball quick and needing to move, there were plenty of times where we got just on the edge of their final third, you know, over the halfway line and into their half, then they would start to come and press and there was no movement in front of the midfielders. Dobson and Fraser continually having the ball in that sort of pocket and just nothing in front of them. So Stockley's got to take some of the responsibility for that. There wasn't a lot of space for him to work with, but he should have at least been trying to drag people around and it was all very, very static and very slow. So yeah, a mix really, uh, kind of a perfect storm of, of, of a scenario, but that you know the touches speak for themselves. I think Anike didn't have a huge amount when he came on. I know he wasn't on for very long, but I I, I suspect he had a, a fair few. Certainly, sort of touches per minute was was probably up on Stockley. Um, and yeah, it, it's hugely disappointing, and it's a frustrating one. And he's been one of those enigmas that we've talked about pretty much all season on the pod, haven't we? And he's just not scoring enough goals and. If he's bringing other people into the game and we're winning a game 3-0, similar to what we did against Portsmouth a couple of weeks ago, you go, well, it doesn't matter so long as the team are scoring. But when we lose a game 2-0, you look straight away and you go, well, why aren't we scoring goals? And your striker's going to come in for criticism. And as I say, he has to be a big enough player to, to accept that, accept that maybe he could have done a little bit more. 
And uh, yeah, and hopefully he can try and bounce back and yeah, just I think just needs another goal now. It's been a, I can't remember exactly how long since his last one, um, but he, he needs one, I think, and just needs to try and get on a bit of a run. Mm, yeah, I mean, so where does this leave us then, Joe? So I'm, I'm looking at the, the league table ahead of me. So obviously we're still sitting in eighth. Um, we're four points outside the, the playoffs, Portsmouth. Uh, on 26 we're on 22 they've they, they've played two games fewer than us um there's Bolton on 27 points in 15 so obviously they, they, they with 15 played they've they've played one fewer than us so let, let's just say from from those games in hand that those two sides have let's just assume they'll catch up with Peterborough who sit on 28 at least so assuming Peterborough will drop down to six which I think is a fair assumption with six points outside the playoffs um you know if I try and average out what I think the games in hand will turn out to so it's still not a million miles away, but the, the the thing we have to be wary of is maybe yeah. And, and us, managers often say when you speak to them, we, we won't concentrate on other teams. We we'll only concentrate on ourselves, which is why I've I've really got obsessed with this this points per game and average points ratios and stuff. I'm not looking at what other teams have done so far. Just on average over the course of the season, we'll need to get this certain amount of points. And I wrote down the certain amount of games I think we'd have to win and the leeway we have, the amount of games we could afford to lose, which I think was probably around seven more now. Draw, which is probably around eight, seven or eight more. And then we'd have to win the rest, which I think is looking like 15, 16 from the top of my head. I mean, I've been highlighting those stats just to show exactly how consistent we have to be. And it's great fun when we're winning three games in a row, but are we good enough to be consistent enough to not have many more nights like that that we that game we did on on Tuesday because we had players out we have a small squad we didn't have people to come into the right position to replace them that's why I've been highly highlighting that recently because deep down I don't think we will have enough that that's where I'm thinking at the moment I think we're too inconsistent uh, and I think a, a night like Tuesday shows to me why I don't think we'll be a team that challenges for the playoffs I mean, there's there's a couple of schools of thought on that. One, you're a bit pessimistic, and obviously we're going to be champions. Uh, but in in reality, we 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 don't really have the strength and depth to to maintain a consistent charge that that we need. I don't think. Having said that, I'd be interested to see where Swindon were at this time last season because Ghana really only got them rocking and rolling after January, uh, for, if memory serves me correctly. And he does now have a month with only two league games to really get working with those players and get some more rhythm and some more patterns into the play and try and drag that consistency out of them. So I think that this, in a weird kind of way, it could maybe work, but I do think that that's going to have to be heavily backed in January. And I, I'm just not confident that that is going to happen. He said himself, didn't he, Garner, it's three windows. And I think that I probably agree with him. It's going to be a bit of an overhaul. I think he's got some players that he doesn't necessarily um, believe can play the way he wants to play. I think Jaden probably will be one of those. Um, I think probably the centre-backs would be another one um, where we just need a little bit more quality um, as well as some depth in order to to maintain that that charge that we need to to maintain but yeah I think it's a long I think it's a long shot and I, but league one is is a funny league and we are beating the teams at the top so if we can manage to keep that going then you kind of keep yourself sort of in line with those guys because they're not technically getting away from you in the games that you're playing but it's, it's going to be a big ask isn't it yeah, it certainly is. But, you know, all, all hope's not lost just yet. And we, another three-game winning run, and, and then we'll see. But like I say, I, I, I'm concerned about the fact that, you know, we, we, we saw good runs under under Jacko last season. We, we've seen good runs in League One, uh, you know, even under the likes of Carl Robinson, when overall we, we didn't have squad depth to, to continue that charge. And that's sort of where I see us at the moment. But... Um, you know, ho- hopefully I'll be wrong, and, and and hopefully there'll be a big January that will that will certainly have to be more telling than January was last year. We had a bit of bad luck with with Fraser's injury last year, a big money signing who uh, was unable to to make a difference because of his his COVID and his injuries, and obviously Chucks and Ek. Uh, you know, I love Chucks, but we sort of, sort of got what we paid for there. But then obviously our two loan signings last year, Juan Castillo and Niall John. You know, no one's ever proven to me that Niall John actually exists. But um, you know, if we are going to do things like that. If we are going to have a January, it certainly has to make more of an impact uh, this year than it did last year. So that'll be something for the recruitment team to think about as well. Right, let's uh, hear from the manager uh, then, shall we? The Addicts boss, Ben Garner, came to speak to me after that game. Uh, with Milton Keynes in midweek, I asked for his thoughts 
on the 2-0 defeat? Uh, I think first half we were we were, we were okay. I wouldn't say we were we were better than that, but we were one, one or two counter-attacks, but other than that, in, in control of the game. Just need a little bit more tempo to our play, a little bit more speed and just a bit more cutting edge. And I thought we addressed that at half-time and I thought we started the second half really well. I thought we were on the front foot. We pinned them in. We were creating oppositions and opportunities. Um, and I just felt the goal would come. Um, and then obviously the... Uh, the, the penalty, the red card changes the game. Um, the free kick changes the game further, gives us a, a mountain to climb. And um, yeah, one of those evenings, unfortunately. The penalty and the red card first. I mean, the, the foul from the replay looked like it may well have been outside the area. Yeah, I don't think it's a foul, first and foremost. I think he's, he's taken a defender's line and shoulder to shoulder. Uh, I think the forward's gone down very easy. It's two yards outside the box. Uh, it, it's a poor decision. It's a poor decision. I spoke to him briefly at the end of the game and I'll go and see him now. I said, you know, you have to be 100% sure that's a penalty. And he said, no, 100%. And then you see it and it's two yards outside the box and it's not a foul. So um, disappointing. The, the free kick where they get the second goal, it's so clear that Dobbo gets the ball. I just don't know what he's looking at. But um, for me, we, we're, better, we're better before that and we go ahead in the game. Maybe those decisions don't happen. You know, so we've got to focus on what we can improve. Um, but it's certainly frustrating. What did Ryan have to say after? I mean, it's his fourth red card in, in, in his time here at Charlton. He's, he's not really played a full season in terms of an actual game he's played. How did he feel at full time? Uh, I've not really spoke to him. I spoke to him as a group. Um, you know, he'd be disappointed, but I'd say he's had two red cards this season. For me, neither of them are red cards. So if Ryan does something or I think it's uh, a poor decision in relation to the team or gets a red card for, for something, so then I'll address it. But I think the two red cards he's had this season are... Uh, incorrect decision so I can't hold any blame on him for that uh, Do you feel like your side created enough in, in terms of chances again this evening? No I wouldn't say so for the amount of possession we had uh, we, didn't, we didn't create enough but I felt you know they sat 5-4-1 and, and, and made it difficult um, and we needed that greater tempo on the ball and a little bit more urgency and I thought we had that start the second half uh, I thought we had a really good sort of 15 minute spell I thought they were tiring I thought the way we were moving the ball and and sometimes you have to do that. If teams are going to come and do that, you have to wear them down. You have to wear them down and um, and wait for the opportunities and prize them open. And then you have to take the opportunities when they come. And, and we didn't do that. And then obviously, as soon as you go down to 10, it becomes very difficult. Because yeah, you, you were pleased on Saturday with how many chances you created against yeah. the Shrewsbury side who, who try and make it difficult as well. Why, why do you think they weren't up to that standard today? Was it the way Milton Keynes set up? Or were you just unable to play for it? Yeah, but I think we, we weren't as good with the ball as what we were on, on Saturday. Um, I thought we made... Uh, a few areas that were, were, were basic areas for me and that sort of disrupts the flow of the move um, and just a bit more speed a bit more speed a bit more bravery um, it was almost like we turn up and we should just win tonight and that's not the case against anyone in League One especially not a good side like MK Dons but it just felt like that um, and we have to get beyond that you know we have to get beyond that any game here any game away in this league it's so hard to win um, and we have to show full respect for everyone uh, and we certainly will do did they do a bit of a, a job on your front too as well? I mean, uh, who scored suggests that Jaden only touched the ball 12, 12 times in the 72 minutes he was on the pitch. Did they really stifle them today? I don't think they, they stifled them as such. I just think it was us. So, uh, you know, our movement needed to be better. Our brightness uh, of our play needed to be better. Um, you know, I wouldn't say that even with 10 men. I mean, I thought Chooks had a really good impact and, and had plenty of touches when, when he came come on. So I wouldn't say that would be uh, an issue as a, as a team. Um, as I said, we just needed to have a... A bit more tempo, a little bit more creativity and a little bit better of our decision-making. But up until the red card, uh, I was certain we would go on and win the game. You made the change with, with Cesc going to the bench today. Is that because he's just come back from a long-term injury? Yeah, just volume of games for, for Cesc. He's done great. He, he really has. And uh, it would have just been uh, a bit of a risk to, to start him tonight. And um, we weren't in a position to take that risk with the with a number of players we've got, especially in that position. You certainly seem to lose the, something that he brings in terms of going forward tonight, though. I think he's, he's an excellent player, and I thought we saw that when he when he came on tonight. So, um, as I said, it was it was just the the volume that he's had on the back of the injury he's had. Um, we can't be taking risks with players because we've just, we've not got the depth and the numbers to to cope if players get injured. Planning for your next trip. Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. 
and it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Cullen trying to take his man on. Chip ball back across. Bowers there. Pierces there. Bowers there. And it's done. Yes! 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 Oh, it's gone. Oh, Patrick Barr. You absolute German beauty. Woo! Dreamland. Charlotte has scored. With seconds remaining. We've done it. Gets in. Come on. What a time to be a hero. Here at Wembley. Right, welcome back to Charlton Live. This is the big match preview. It's uh, Louis Mendes, uh, Tom Walling, and Mr. Puddles looking back at yesterday's or Tuesday's, I should say, 2 0 defeat uh, against uh, Milton Keynes. Uh, we just heard there from the, the boss, uh, Ben Garner. Um, I, mean, I will say, Tommy, he certainly defends his players uh, when it comes to refereeing decisions. And if you, if you look at him on the touchline, he's very anti-referee, uh, which is good to see. So, I, I, again, I, want, I wonder if, if if he's being defensive and actually maybe he thought Ryan probably deserved to be sent off and it's just a ploy to make the uh, the negativity go on, you know, go on the referee and not on him. Uh, or if he genuinely believes that, it'd be, it'd be, it'd be interesting to, to try and discuss if that's sort of like a psychological thing that he's doing. I think... Yeah, obviously we're not going to know, but the the way that he has dealt with these situations throughout the season has been very consistent, which leads me to think he's doing something more than just believing what he says. I think he's building a culture there. We've heard bits about the uh, sort of how the group are conducting themselves and the professionalism, and you look at the style he's trying to implement. I think he needs them to to really bond and gel and to have a bit of a unit there. And I think this is all this is all part of that, right? If you you uh it's what Jose was good at before he went a bit mental but getting all of your players to believe in you to defend your players whatever um it really builds that sort of spirit within the group uh and if he thinks that his group quality wise going back to what you and Joe were just talking about about whether we can make that playoffs or not if he thinks we're not quite there then it's that sort of spirit and attitude and togetherness that might get us to overachieve and get us into that top six so Yeah, I like what he's doing. Um I like the way he he comes across. I think he's he's dealing with things very very well. Um and yeah, it it's refreshing to have a manager like that. We you know in the past we've had the likes of Lee Boyer who obviously did amazing things with us for that season, but you know would be prepared to to make Johnny Williams cry or chuck players under the bus and <laughs> you know there are things like that. Um Carl Robinson, very honest manager, would come out, I think, at times would defend his players, but again, would, would criticise them when he felt he had to. I think, was it Northampton away he did? So, yeah, I don't think he's going to do that, certainly for now, whilst he feels his players are giving him everything, which which clearly he does. Mm, yeah, it's, it's a tough one, isn't it, when when Bo made Johnny Williams cry? Because obviously I was I was sad for Johnny Williams, but happy it made Tom Wallin sad, so it's a... Yeah, real, he made me real, cry as well. That yeah, was the it was a real conundrum, a real conundrum for me trying to decide how to feel. Right, let's have a look at some of the uh, messages that have come in uh, since uh, midweek. Uh, ben says, we are not good enough to just turn up and beat teams. Uh, we have to work hard. If we turned up with the attitude we had against Portsmouth, uh, then we would have wiped the floor with Milton Keynes. It's classic Charlton thinking we can stroll past uh, lower league teams uh, because we have a half-decent history in the bigger leagues uh, compared to some. We were outworked uh, by a team who wanted it more. Uh, we need to get this winning mentality sorted to have any real chance. Uh, of success 
in the new uh, in the near future. That's from Ben Charlton Exile says I blame Gobbo. Uh, it, it was the Gobbo Derby actually, wasn't it? Charlton against Milton Keynes on uh, on Tuesday evening. And I'm never going to stop Charlton Exile from blaming Gobbo for anything. From uh, you know the, the the price of petrol, um, you know Charlton being bad, anything is, is Gobbo's fault according to Charlton Exile. To be fair, right, Stuart uh, said we look lethargic. Claire was ineffective uh, along with Stockton. I'm hoping it's just a blip because we have some good runs. Uh, we have a good run of games uh, after Ipswich uh, on, on Saturday. A couple of DMs as well. Oliver Wilson says, where do I start? Uh, Claire at left back didn't work. Innis uh, looked poor before the red card and what happened to, to the team uh, of the last few weeks. Hopefully we'll come uh, back uh, stronger. Uh, Reg says, uh, Mrs. Reg has been studying for an exam. So last uh, night against Milton Keynes was our first game in a while. Inevitably, we travelled full of optimism on the back of the three wins. Playing the bottom of the league, Milton Keynes, uh, unbeaten at home. What could possibly go wrong? Less said about the game, the better. Uh, on the way home, Mrs. Reg uh, said, well, that, uh, what else could we have done this evening if we hadn't gone to the match? Uh, Reg said, we could have stayed in and watched Bake Off. It was Custard Week. I've now got to see Innis get sent off uh, four times. Uh, yeah, I've never seen Custard Week before. Well, I'm, I'm sure it was an absolute cracker, uh, Reg. Uh, it, it should be available on uh, Channel 4 Catch-Up, I'm sure, if you want to. Uh, we, we, we are fans of Bake Off in, in this house. Uh, more the wife than me, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm sure I'm sure you could uh, you could catch up with Custard Week uh, if you need to. Right, John says, uh, what in blue blazes uh, was wrong on Tuesday? The night, uh, Tuesday night, the team and the manager uh, were so lifeless. Had he flogged them to death in training or something? Why was Claret left back? It was a ridiculous selection. Uh, why did he not take Innis off uh, once he was booked? Keep in... Uh, him on was asking uh, for trouble that's from John cheers John and from a different John it says a dreadful game to watch on Tuesday and not a single Charlton player has the brains to think uh, the game through I don't think a single red shirt uh, was in the centre circle for the whole game nobody to orchestrate the players it was just left hand side and then right hand side the centre of the pitch was totally empty there's no driving force uh, on the pitch I left well before the end uh, it was embarrassing uh, to watch. That's from uh, John. Chris said it was a wasted journey uh, to sit at the Valley on Tuesday watching the Addicts lose to a bang average League One football, uh, followed by multiple diversions as it seemed all the roads uh, on the way home were closed. That's always the way, isn't it? A great evening. Uh, but I did notice a possible trend. In the first half at Shrewsbury, Ben Garner wore a gilet. A gilet? Gilet? That's what they're called. A bit posh for me. Uh, and whilst they were, <laughs> whilst we played okay, uh, we created very little. He removed said gilet in the second half and we created much more and looked better. Last night, he kept the gilet on all game against Milton Keynes. Enough said. I mean, Chris Chris has, uh, has got a theory there. If it's not, you know, we, we, we've the, the magic of the extension cord possibly rubbed off already now. So now it's down to the magic gilet uh, to see if we can get ourselves back on track. Finally, Billy said, tough one to take. Uh, just, fail, uh, just had to feel, though, our winning run would end like it did. Not taking our chances is now becoming a recurring theme uh, this season. It's games like Tuesday where opponents lower down the league will come and sit back and make it tough. Uh, but we do seriously make it hard for ourselves as well. The general play on and off the ball was slow uh, with next to no urgency. I don't get uh, why we uh, we had so much of the ball and just didn't do anything with it. Then it comes down to a dodgy decision, uh, which in my opinion wasn't even a foul and certainly wasn't in the box. Uh, this could have been the decision that would have changed the game. Uh, and it was uh, all that Milton Keynes came for, and it allowed them just to sit back. This doesn't take away, though, from how poor we were against an even worse Milton Keynes sign. On a positive note, uh, Fraser and Raksaki were standout performances uh, once again. Uh, we just need uh, some half-decent players to put in uh, and around them in January. Hopefully it was just an off night. All the best. That's from Billy. Cheers, uh, Billy. Yeah, fingers crossed it was uh, just an off night, uh, and we can bounce uh, back uh, shortly. But that's what the women's team need to do as well. Now they've uh, lost to Lewis last time out. Uh, in the Women's Championship. They're at home against uh, Bristol City at the Oakwood uh, this Sunday, 2 o'clock kickoff. Uh, it's uh, Rainbow Laces uh, weekend as well. So Ella Rutherford uh, was asked to have a look ahead to that game. Also looks back quickly uh, at the game against Lewis. Um, yeah, obviously it was really disappointing for us. We didn't want to go there and, and lose. But, um, you know, we've got to pick ourselves up, dust ourselves off and um, focus on the week that we've got ahead because it's a big week, a big game against Bristol coming up. So, uh, yeah, we'll reflect um, and focus on the things we need to, but yeah, definitely just put it behind us now and look forward to the week coming. Obviously, charting the back at the Oakwood this Sunday, like you said, taking on Bristol City. Uh, it's also the Rainbow Laces uh, weekend. Uh, why do you think that sort of visibility is so important? Um, I think it's just massive um, for us as a team and, and for the community, I think, to sort of just support that, um, for it to be at the forefront of everyone's minds, sort of, as you've just um, said there, like visibility. Um, in in the sport, it's not it's not been a thing. So it's great for us now to sort of put that out there and show that we are all, all one. And you know, there's a place for everyone in football. So um, yeah, that's massive for us, and we're obviously really proud to 
to be a part of it. And obviously you recently have just uh, volunteered to be the Proud Valiance ambassador. Um, why do you think that role is important? Um, I just want to sort of, yeah, I mean, it's, it's for myself, but also for the team. Um, I'm proud to be working with them. I'm excited to be working with them. And I think they do a, a great, play a great part in the community um, and what they do. So, yeah, I'm just really looking forward to support that and uh, hopefully work with them um, for the rest of the season. Finally, a final little message to the fans uh, to get behind the Addicts on Sunday. Yeah, come down to the Oakwood. Um, it's going to be a really, really big game for us. We're going to need the 12th man there. So uh, everyone get down up the Addicts. There we go. Great to hear from Ella there. She's uh, taken a bit of a, a leading role in terms of the Rainbow Laces uh, activities uh, this weekend down at the Oakwood. So hopefully you, go, uh, you can get down there and support the girls as they look to bounce back from that defeat uh, against Bristol City. Right now, we need to bounce back uh, against Ipswich Town, the men's team, uh, and we uh, face a real tough opposition now. Uh, we want to find out a little bit more about the Tractor Boys. Uh, so I spoke to Matt from the Talking Town show uh, earlier on uh, today and asked him how pleased he is with the season so far. <laughs> Massively pleased. <laughs> I mean, you only have to look back at Ipswich uh, in previous seasons in League One to see that we've kind of cemented a place weirdly in the mid table so to see us actually out in with the top two with Plymouth at the moment is really good and you kind of I mean I suppose Charlton fans are the same you kind of you kind of dream that you might be able to get off to that really good start and you know they often say don't they if you've had like 10 games in you can probably work out where you're going to finish so um yeah over the moon with it at the moment so we'll just have to see if you can keep it up we've been burnt before so we'll have to wait and see <laughs> yeah I mean as it comes as a nice surprise I think it's which was certainly one of the teams heavily backed in the summer and expected to be there or thereabouts so was that sort of the expectation levels around Portman Road that they'd be up the right end of the table this time around yeah yeah absolutely and also that was the expectation last season <laughs> and the season before <laughs> so it's nice to see it's actually hitting the, the, the expectation of the fans a lot of that comes, obviously, with kind of a fresh manager in um, McKenna, who's almost a year in the job since taking over from Paul Cook, who was, fans were, were happy with. But for whatever reason, it never it never took off. But yeah, McKenna's done great for us. Um, he's got an exciting brand of football going, and they say football's all that time. in. of course, we've had American owners in the last kind of 18 months come in. So he's got the back in now. So we're... we're you know, we're not a typical League One side, I don't think. We've been able to spend probably championship money in League One, which is obviously a bit of a rarity, but it's good when it happens to your club, I guess. Yeah, and I guess uh, that that will probably be seen as one of the big differences between Ipswich and Charlton this year is that you, you've certainly been financially backed when, when, when we perhaps haven't been so much. So do you think that has played quite a big part in where you are on the table? Oh, massive, yeah. I mean, look, we, we've been financially backed kind of last season as well. We still finished wherever it was, 9th, 10th Olympic, I can't even remember now. Um, but it's all about the team, you know, Paul Cook always said, we've got to get this team to gel, and he never did. But, I mean, for whatever reason, McKenna's come in with like a new new mindset, new thinking, maybe more people that are more up and coming in their career rather than being there and done it. Um, you know, hungry for a break. I mean, you can't get much better than being at Man United, can you? Which is obviously where he, where he came from. Yeah, I think I seem to think the new ideas is kind of is, is kind of merging with the the players that brought in and and the expectation, and it all seems to be going quite nicely at the moment. But as I've been saying to a few people on the pod this week, you know, we're only what sixteen games in, still another thirty to go. So it's like it's a marathon, isn't it? Not a sprint. So we'll have to see where we finish yeah. come April, May. Yeah, it's still in the still in the early stages. That's what we keep telling ourselves as we as we sit however many points <laughs> outside the top two. Um, in, in terms of like a style of play, what what sort of team? As McKenna, as McKenna got you set up as? Well, he plays a kind of 3-4-2-1, I suppose. It's always three at the back. Um, then we've got kind of win-backs in the midfield with, with a couple of holders. Generally, it's been uh, Sam Morsey and Lee Evans this season, although they missed Port Vale in the week. Morsey suspended and Lee Evans is injured. I don't think he'll play at the Valley Evans. I'd be surprised if he plays at the Valley Evans on, on Saturday. And then you've got one up top and, and then two tens behind, which is generally either kind of a Marcus Arnis, Connor Chaplin sitting behind either uh, Tyrese John Jules or, or Freddie Ladapo. And then you can chuck in Caden Jackson, if they, which we did at Sheffield Wednesday, played a bit more of a direct game there. It's a very passing-orientated game. It's a very possession-led game that McKenna has. Although... We used to have this under Paul Lambert, but we used to call it stat padding. We're just trying not to give the ball away in case we can see it. But, mm. I mean, this time it's now trying to actually, you know, get something from it, be a corner goal, set piece, whatever it might be. 
Yeah. Um, but we have done a lot. We have gone long ball at Sheffield Wednesday, which worked a treat. We had Jackson up top, and you know he, he scored after about two minutes. But it's whether or not McKenna. McKenna will change the things how he thinks where he thinks your weaknesses are. So, you know, if you've got the big lads at the back, it's going to be on the floor. If you slow at the back, it's going to be down the channels. So it's quite hard to actually predict what team he'll, he'll put out. It's always it always feels like a bit of a lottery. Mm. And it looks like you'll be heavily backed in terms of uh, supporters this weekend as well. So it looks like the the town fans have really bought into what the club are trying to achieve at the moment. Yeah. Um, and we yeah, saw that. That massive crowd at Portman Road on the final day of last season as well really sums up the, yeah. the size of the club yeah. we're dealing with here. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, town, town have always travelled fans, have always travelled in numbers. And, and that's been a debate on our Talking Town podcast, you know, in previous seasons. Has the team actually warranted such brilliant um, support? I would say no. Um, and everyone actually harks back to the game at the Valley last season when you beat us 2 0 and uh, it all kicked off a bit. You caught us in the between McKenna coming, you know, Cook coming out and McKenna coming in with John McGrill in charge, who, who's still involved with the club, will be, I think, with the, the 23s. But um, yeah, it's great support. I mean, I take my hat off to everyone who, who will go. I've been to the Valley a few times, enjoyed it. I was there back when you beat us 3 2 back in about 2000. Two maybe like a New Year's Day. Yeah, oh, I remember two. that game. Yeah, I remember, remember uh, Marcus Ben scoring for you guys. I mean, yeah. so obviously impressed yeah. us so much. We signed him a little bit later on in his career. <laughs> <laughs> I think um, the changing player. I think you had a player called Robinson. Was it Johnny Robinson? Yeah, Johnny like Robinson. Yeah. Yeah, he yeah, would have played, yeah, he's, he scored, yeah, we had George Costa playing, oh, you're getting me all nostalgic now, thinking back yeah, to the good see, days when yeah, we weren't yeah. weren't a mid-table league one side. <laughs> well, no, we were both Premier League then, weren't yeah, we? Yeah, yeah, well, It's funny seeing some of these clubs down there, you know, like teams we have played in the Premier League, like Derby, we had, mm. we had recently in themselves. I mean, League One is becoming populated with a lot of these bigger names, Sunderland have obviously just got out, haven't they? Yeah, it's uh, strange, everyone seems to be wanting to get out when it looks like it's a place to be, that's why we're hanging around there. So, I mean, just a, just a quick prediction then. <laughs> Um, for, for Saturday how do you see the game going well I mean our wave form has been brilliant um, which is very unexpected like well, I think we're number one in the, the table for, for a wave form um, we, came, we came for a very hard game at Port Vale on Tuesday we blew another two goal lead as we did at Hillsborough and they got it back to 2-2 this time we managed to win 3-2 rather than draw 2-2 two as we did a shift for Wednesday I do think that I mean the big debate I mean you look at games on paper and I know a lot of interest fans will look at the game on paper and think oh you've lost 10-day dons um, we'll go over there and get three points. But, I mean, it's not always that easy, is it? Um, can it just keep winning on the road? Again, that takes a huge mindset. I actually, I think probably I actually had this game down as maybe a, a, a 1-1. It's certainly after you beat, I think, Paul Smith, was it 3-0 yeah. a couple of weeks ago? Which yeah. I watched the second half of that on Sky. Um, I thought 1-1, but now you, you sound like you sort of like us a few seasons ago, hit and miss a little bit. Maybe I'll go with a little sneaky 2-1 win for the town, but 1-1 win surprised me. There we go. Massive thanks to Matt for speaking uh, to me there. So Ipswich uh, sitting second uh, in the league table, Joe. They're just two points off the top. Uh, they're on 36 points. We're on 22. So they're 14 points ahead of us having played the same amount of games. So uh, some out there were trying to argue they've had a better start to the season than we had. Um, the, the writing was on the wall, really, wasn't it? At, at the end of last season, uh, that 4-0 defeat, um, uh, up at Portman Road on the final day. I remember asking Jacko, you know, w- was that sort of a sign of how far apart the two clubs are at that moment in time? So obviously Kieran McKenna's come in midway through last season. Uh, they- they've had plenty of funds put in, uh, whereas we haven't. And I mean, the-, the two teams, the two clubs, the clubs that are of similar size, we are an absolute light year behind them at the moment in time, aren't we? Yeah, uh, we're we're a light year behind a few clubs in this league, which is a bit bit of a depressing thing to 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 acknowledge. But it but it's true. I mean, they ha- they did sign one hundred and seventy five players or something last summer, so they have had a lot of people to pick and choose from, and they've had a season to get those players to gel. Um, and towards the end of last season, they probably had got to a point where they were sort of ready to kick on, and then they didn't have a lot of work to do over the summer. Um, they're obviously missing their best signing from last summer in, in Scott Fraser. Um, so hopefully he'll uh, weave some magic against his former club. But, you know, they're, they're listening to those 
I was on the Talking Town podcast listening to those boys. They were talking about options off the bench and arguing about who's who really is the best person to be starting. Um, why aren't these people getting on the pitch more? Because they had a bit of a tricky period in their game midweek. And you think, well, we don't just don't have that option we're we're talking about or hang on the first team isn't necessarily getting there uh, so yeah it's a, it's a long way between us but we do do better against the better teams so hopefully on Saturday it won't look as vast as it does on the league table yeah certainly could be quite a difficult game uh, if, if we put it that way um the the, the as um as has been mentioned there by Joe Tom, that the, the differences between the two squads in terms of you know what they can bring off the bench. I mean that that comes down to one thing and one thing only. We heard there from from Matt, you know, it's investment in the squad. That's why we're not proper challengers this year, and that's why they are. And that's sort of like the the, the brunt of it, and, and it will be for as long as, especially as long as this new sort of break even process goes on. That's what the difference will be. It doesn't guarantee anything, and we saw that last season. With Ipswich, it doesn't guarantee anything, but it certainly, it certainly gives you a better chance. You know, I mean, even we invested a little bit last season in terms of you know, spent a bit of money on players in January as well. So, it, like I say, it's not a guarantee, but it, it gives you a much better chance. As Ben Garner said himself, yeah, the the gap is vast, isn't it, financially? Um, and there, yeah, it's an interesting one, isn't it? I, as I said a little bit earlier, you expect Ipswich to to come out and play a little bit more. You expect the game to be more open. And we've certainly got the quality in our side to hurt them, as we've seen against Plymouth, as we've seen against Portsmouth. Uh, you know, teams up towards that part of the table, we, we have gone toe-to-toe with and come out OK against. I think you you almost need like a heavy defeat against an Ipswich, don't you, to, to prove to, to Thomas that, that that investment is required. If we go and win, it, it almost justifies the position. So um, I'm not saying I want that. Of course, I'd much rather we win the game and... Obviously, if we, the more we win, we're going to get into the playoffs anyway. So, uh, or even go on to to the top two if we win every game. So, of course, I'd take that. But hopefully, you see my point. So, yeah, it's going to be a tricky one. Obviously, the investment is there. Interesting with their manager as well, because when he came in, he you know he didn't set the world alight. But as you say, he's been backed and is certainly proving stuff this year. I think he's got quite a strong philosophy behind him as well. I watched them in their game against Derby. It was it Friday night over the weekend prior and uh, they weren't brilliant they probably just deserved to win the game but could have gone either way so yeah I'm expecting a close game I, I follow this game closely I've said it many times on a pod with family being Ipswich fans so it, it never feels like one of us particularly runs away with it either any season uh, and I expect it to be another close one this time Hmm. Yeah, hopefully not a repeat of the final day and, and uh, well, hopefully more similar to our, our Tuna win uh, over town at the Valley uh, last season. And uh, it was, uh, and yeah, that was during Jacko's caretaker spell, wasn't it? Right, let's have a look ahead to it from a Charlton point of view. Uh, I did ask Ben Garner to uh, some thoughts uh, a little bit about the differences uh, between the two sides and the two clubs, which we'll hear in a few moments' time. But first of all, um, there, there was hope that Corey Blackett-Taylor, of course, would be back uh, for the game against Milton Keynes in midweek. He wasn't, uh, but I asked the uh, Charlton gaffer uh, if Corey uh, is still on course to be back uh, over the weekend. Yeah, hopefully he should be in, into training by the end of the week. That's the plan. So I, I would like to think he would be available for the squad on Saturday, yeah. It'll be a real tough task against Ipswich. And we saw, Charlton saw how good they are at the end of last season with 4-0 defeat on the final day and they'll, they'll come here for the confidence. Yeah, of course. Listen, I've seen them a few times already and, uh, you know, fantastic squad. They've invested heavily, uh, the owners, and uh, fully expecting promotion. And they are a really strong team. They've got uh, fantastic depth really strong squad and they're very well coached as well so those things combined make them make them a really good outfit so we look ahead to that we need to bounce back uh, we need to get back to work uh, it'd be a great game here should be a good atmosphere and you know a game where we can go and take a little bit of a scalp in this division when, when we lost at Portman Road on the last day of last season it, it felt like a, a window into how far apart the two clubs currently are and, and do you think mm. that they've probably grown even further in, in the summer oh yeah huge amount in terms of their back in their finances and, and you look at the uh, the depth of their squad, you know, the changes they can make with, with people come in uh, is a very strong squad for, for League One. Um, but they've recruited well in terms of the profile and the positions that they wanted in the summer. Um, and they're a really, really strong team. You know, we uh, we were able to do things a bit of a different way and, and find ways to, to get results and, and, and build a squad and create it on the training ground. Um, and, and we're doing OK with that. We'd like to be a little bit better. That's a disappointing one tonight. 
but on the back of three wins, we've had some good run and a good run, and we need to get back to that. It's two very similar sized clubs. I mean, do you think that is the, the reason they're so far ahead? Is Charlton are trying to do it a different way this season? Uh, I think you look at Ipswich at the moment. The They've been heavily backed for the last two seasons. There's, a, there's an incredible amount of money that has gone in and, and paid for players and wages, etc. Um, 26,000 people turning up to, to watch them every week. It's, uh, it's a huge club in the division and they're doing great. We need to focus on us. We need to prepare for the game in the right way and ultimately it's going to be 11 players on that pitch on Saturday that are going to dictate the game. There we go, Ben Garner. Um, yeah, hi- highlighting once more the, the differences between the two uh, squads, the two budgets, the two types of clubs, and, and Charlton trying to do it a different way. As I said, you know, I, I've said this way, it doesn't mean we can't win the game, Joe, you know, and I, I do think it will be a game that will suit us more than the Milton Keynes game did because they, they will come out and, and try and express themselves. And, you know, they scored goals. They've scored a lot of goals away from home, including they scored three at uh, Port Vale recently, scored a, a couple at um, Morecambe, a couple. Um, you know, away from home on the road this season. Uh, Sheffield Wednesday, Aquinton, free at Shrewsbury. They, they they come out to play, and that will hopefully play into our hands, especially if Corey is back, because we need that pace on the counter once more, like we had against Portsmouth, where I thought we were so so speedy, which was a, a good attribute to have. Yeah, and <clears throat> referring back to the talking town guys, they they were commenting really they didn't think that they would keep a clean sheet, um, which is promising for us to hear because uh, they obviously do <laughs> do have a uh, a couple of um, opportunities there for, for the oppo we, there's absolutely no reason why we can't beat them and i said in the in the pub before the game on on tuesday that i felt that what would happen is we would probably lose on tuesday and then absolutely tonk ipswich because that's just the way that being a charlton fan is uh, never be confident against the bottom of the ta- a table but always be confident against the top it's just the way that we seem to be so uh, if we get if we get the play if we get the team right and we get the attitude right we get the application right and we get that little bit of luck then there's absolutely no reason why we can't beat them it's 11 against 11 outwork them outplay them you just feel like it's going to be a big ask for us as a, a team because they they've they've got a lot more confidence than us and they're they're, they're on a decent run so they're they're going to be coming in expecting to to come and, and turn us over uh, and, and I th- they're, they're going to bring quite a few fans aren't they i think they've sold out sold their allocation out, yeah. they've sold, got sold out in like an hour yeah, Incredible. so that's that. That's gonna that's gonna be a bit more of a challenge as well because it's it's always um, if you're a team up the top um, and you've got a full away end, then you're going to get the marginal decisions. And uh, MK Don's bought three men and a dog, and they still got the marginal decisions. So God knows what the referees going to be like on Saturday. Must have been a bit of a scary bark on that dog. Um, so uh, talking of tough decisions, obviously we're without Ryan Innes now, so. Um, at centre-half to, to partner Owen O'Connell, who, well, I agree is probably our second-best defender. Um, if you look at the, the bench recently, it looks like Terrell Thomas is in line to be third. We've only seen him play once against Colchester, where he had a quiet 85 minutes and then defended quite badly for two goals. Um, you know, Sam Lavelle's not, not been involved in squads recently, and I'm not, not overly surprised, having watched him play, unfortunately. He's not, he's not hit form yet this season, if we put it kindly. So, I'm guessing Terrell Thomas is that is that the way you'd go, Tom? I mean, yeah, it seems to be the only other choice, doesn't it? Unless you're dipping into the the youth products, or or you're gonna say to Sean Clare, have another go somewhere else. Charlie um, Kirk, Charlie Kirk at centre half. Yeah, I mean, who knows? Yeah, we've had a, a few players playing in all, all sorts of positions, haven't we? Um, where's Darren Prattley when you need him? So, yeah, I, I suspect it'll be Terrell Thomas. I didn't see the Colchester game, but as you say, from from what people have said for large parts he did okay um and obviously i know him and and his career and yeah you'd expect it will probably have to be him uh you know i'm I'm gutted for lavelle i want it to work out but as you say not really done enough so far to to earn that place so yeah i can't imagine we're going to change shape because then you're going to have to play another one there but uh, yeah, and as I say, I don't know if Claire has enough experience to do it or whether I'm just looking at him as utility man and thinking, well, you know, if, if Jojo Wallacott's out, then we stick Claire in there as well. So, yeah, I suspect it'll be Thomas. Apart from that, hopefully not too many changes. I don't think, you know, an is still going to be starting from the bench, you'd imagine. So it gives Jaden another chance. Um, and yeah, as I think, as you said a little bit earlier, we just need to try and have a bit more pace in that team going forward, a bit more energy and... As I say, Ipswich are going to leave gaps behind them. They're going to come forward, as you said, with their goal-scoring record. So I'm expecting a more enjoyable game to watch, hopefully. I just hope we can uh, we can nudge in front and get the win. 
Yeah, it'll be interesting, I guess, to see if he persists with, with Tyrese Campbell. You know, like I say, very good up at Shrewsbury, I thought. Uh, was hooked at half-time against uh, Milton Keynes in midweek for, for a, an ineffective Jack Payne, but then Payne did get the the assist for the goal at Shrewsbury. So decisions uh, to be made there for uh, Ben Garner as well. Right, uh, we've pretty much come to the end of this week's uh, Charlton Live, uh, the big match preview. Thanks to all of you uh, who've tuned in into this week's uh, show. I just want to put on record, actually, our thanks to Kyle Andrews, who's uh, stepping down from the uh, doing the Charlton program. It's just announced on Twitter while we've been recording the show. Uh, I think he's done a really good job over the last uh, the last few months. So congratulations to Kyle. And uh, uh, he's, he's a good friend of ours as well. But I just want to put on record that I think he's done a very good job there. Uh, and he's, he's stepping down to have a look at something else. But well done to, to Kyle for that. Right, um, don't forget, if you want to get your messages in for Sunday's show, where we'll be looking back uh, at the game against Ipswich, get him in nice and early because we record on Sunday mornings now, about nine o'clock. We used to record on Sunday evenings that we give you all day to get your messages in, but we've flipped it over now just to give us uh, a little bit more of our Sundays back. So uh, if you want to have your say on Sunday show, email studio at charltonlive.co.uk or tweet us at charltonlive. Hopefully uh, one of the boys will be floating around in the fans bar after the game as well to pick up uh, some post-match reactions. So look out for a Charlton Live muff uh, on a microphone as well if you want to have your say uh, for Sunday show. Right, thanks to those of you who did so on this evening's show and sent your messages in and or, or just listened. Uh, thank you uh, to Tom and to Joe Puddles for joining us this week. Cheers, lads. Yeah, great, great to be here. Yeah, I bet you're regretting telling <laughs> us about the puddle thing now, Joe. Uh, right, I'm Louis Mendez. Mm. Uh, thanks for listening. Uh, we shall see you again on Sunday. Charles and Charles and